Welcome everybody to No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Uh, and we're the two world's sort of two most preeminent Fast and Furious scholars, I would say, uh, for the uninitiated. We got a couple new listeners this week. Just FYI. A little, a little, a little bump up. A little bumpy, bump, bump We've been going. It's been what now? Uh, 14 seasons worth of... Fast and Furious movies? Uh, we are in the middle of our 15th cycle. 15. That is crazy, right? Goodness. Yeah. Yes. If you count the marathons as an entire cycle. Ah, uh, got it. Right, right, right. Um, so that is uh, where, where, where we're at right now. <laughs> Daryl, we watched Furious 7 this week, right? That, that's correct. That's something we did. Um, now, we've been watching the series backwards at this mm-hmm. moment in time uh we started with hobbs and shaw this cycle then we watched fate of the furious last week and this week furious seven thoughts on furious seven this week just as an overall starter for us i mean i'm, I'm pretty light on stuff i i will say yeah. that i do really appreciate this backwards watch that mm-hmm. we're doing i kind of do too on, this week yeah yeah i touched on it last week uh in terms of like Entering the series through the Hobbs and Shaw perspective and then working to know our key characters, Dom, Letty, Brian, getting to know them from their most current up to sort of their most, uh, their oldest um, sort of presence. And I I actually think it's it's a pretty good watch through. It definitely changes the way the series feels. Yeah. Watching it in the sequence. It it totally does. I, I was thinking... Um, especially during the Paul Walker remembrance montage, because it's been so long since I've seen one and Skinny Vin and like sort of that, it, putting a little distance between me and that movie sort of made me be like, oh great, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it, you know. Like, I'm weirdly, it also made me look forward to four, which mm-hmm. is something I never thought I would say. But what about I'm, four? Do you think you look forward to? I'm interested in this idea that, you know how like cloudy and horrible Vin Diesel is, um, and he's at in seven. He's sort of just like full embodiment of this Dom ethos. But four, I feel like he was still trying to do some stuff or trying to find that rhythm that made this a sort of franchisable character. And I think everybody was looking to do that, right? I think the franchise thing was in everybody's minds. And um, so I think there's some notes of that franchisable Dom Toretto in 4. But there's also still so, still some notes of this sort of wily, fun young man, which I'm looking forward to paying attention to. Right, right. You know? um, I, I'm also appreciating the backwards watch. It's just... I pulled out a lot this watch through. For oh, yeah. Let's yeah. walk, walk me through things, this. Little things, I got big things. Good, so good, Elena good. has had the baby at this point. Yes, we, but we haven't seen her. We, we didn't see her this whole movie. That's not true. We definitely saw her when she was working for Hobbs in his office. And they get in a big fight with Deckard Shaw. So, and she's certainly not visibly pregnant right right right. Mm, uh, so she's this is theoretically we know that this movie is three years after six because of the age of jack 
O'Connor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, we've always assumed he's around three years old. Um, and so three years after six, they break up at the end of six. So she's had the kid and the kid is a couple years old. No, no, no. (laughs) Yes. No. Yes. Unless he like went back and fucked Elena at some point. Yes. (laughs) This baby's not three years old in in Fate of the Furious. How no old way. is the baby in Fate of the Furious? It's that baby it's looks like less than a, a year, one or less, <laughs> like less than one for sure. Oh, that's true. So he obviously like sort of went out on Letty a little bit, right? At some point. Oh, this puts Dom, I think, in a precarious situation. Hmm. I think this puts Dom in a precarious situation <laughs> with the timeline of his fidelity to Leticia Ortiz. Hmm. I don't see any way around it because the, you're right. The baby is like a year old maximum in mm-hmm. in fate. Right, so, and he wakes up. He wakes up with Elena in the beginning of five, six of six. Mm-hmm. In that t- villa in where is Barcelona or wherever uh-huh. the hell they are. Which, right. yeah, which we believe is the latest that they could have conceived the baby. Yeah, because then he goes to London, tracks down Letty, and then goes back to L.A., mm-hmm. where Elena breaks, Elena breaks up with him, quote unquote. Really, mm-hmm. he, like ditches her for Letty, who he's married to, and knows that. Right. Um. So the latest she could have conceived a child otherwise would be the beginning of six, which is takes place three years potentially prior to seven. Hmm. Big revelation. Big stuff going on here. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes to do it by cat. So we think Dom went out. We think Dom went out. Damn. We think Dom went out. That's, That's okay, tough. You know? That's I mean tough. being on the, being on the run, like being with Letty, like you'd think they were It's a hard life. Yeah. yeah, you think that would bring them closer together? You're saying, mm-hmm. or that they would be inseparable? It's, uh, I feel like, if I imagine, also, who knows about these people's, mm-hmm. you know, sexual? What happens off camera? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, off camera to the <laughs> canon characters. Who knows about the? You know, they may have some sort of. Who knows? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not. Ju- I'm not a judge as to what everybody does in their own relationship, in their own world, in their own time. You know, we're just looking for the truth in the fiction here. We're just looking for the truth. That's exactly right. We're just. We're, there's no judgments on no one likes to tune the podcast. We're just looking for the truth in the fiction. That's it. That's it. Uh, so that was a big one. I know we've talked a lot about babies in the past couple couple pods, but um, yeah. And then in the trailer for F9 that we've seen, mm-hmm. how old is Paul? Paul? What does he name his kid? Little Paul. Little Paul? I don't is know. Is that right? Little Brian. No, Brian. Brian. Paul. Not Paul. Brian. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's confusing because Vin Diesel named his daughter Paula, I think. Ah, uh, dag. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yes, I'm pretty sure he did. He did. I, I feel like I don't remember the cameo of Lil Brian in the in in the trailer the trailer he, he's working he's at some sort of ranch right like Vin is at some sort of ranch 
mm-hmm. with Letty where they're living their lives. <laughs> and then uh, the boy is like, he's got like curly hair. I mean, he's certainly like in age. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's not a ba- He's not like a baby in a crib. It's, I think he's uh, handing like, him a wrench at one point. Maybe. <laughs> I like, right? I hear what you're saying. And like, the only thing that's playing in my mind is um, Hawkeye and uh, his whatever daughter at the beginning of Avengers Endgame. I think about it. Yes, it's very similar it's to right. that weird life. It's like Linda Cardellini. Yes, it's very much like that. It's very uh-huh. much like that. So we'll see what they... The timeline of these movies is actually becoming the most interesting part left for us to talk about because it is clearly the least figured out thing uh-huh. that the writers have thought about in the over the experience of writing these movies, right? It's mm-hmm. like when everything happens. And it it's- must be a fucking nightmare to be a continuity person or a clearance person or, you know, like just somebody dealing with this shit. Like, can you imagine being a set deck person and being like, okay, we have to get Letty's grave for this movie, for Seven, right? Because there's a scene where they do Letty's grave. And so they have to get a stone. Either they get a stone made or they make a fake stone with, like, engraver stock or whatever, right? Mm. But then they have to, like, okay, what's the copy say? Like, Leticia Ortiz, <laughs> blah, 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 this date to, uh-huh. well... And they, what they date must, do you want it they, to be? They what do you want it to had, be? <laughs> they must have had an email to the writer's room being like, oh, what year did Letty die? And Does you that know <laughs> that email sat there for a week while the writers were like, oh, fuck, we got to well, fucking figure this out now. Like, <laughs> just show it quick and then we'll show the sledgehammer. Maybe people mm-hmm. will notice. Yeah, maybe uh, just say, uh, what, time, what year did it go? 2009. 2009 is great. Just do it. I, like, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know when anything happens. I mean, when I think about how easily I pass over emails or pass through or pass along work emails, I can totally see that happening. So oh, that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if I can only imagine like the amount of chaos that I've caused podcasters in who knows where about the uh the nature of the timeline of my work emails Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely this is totally feasible absolutely i can't imagine it's easy dealing with a man so patently insane (laughs) as your boss is uh but you know um i I imagine you're it's better to tweet at him you know Uh uh-huh uh-huh if you really need something if you really need something just tweet him (laughs) Um, so, okay, I, I'm going to, do you want to move, do you have another thing you want to talk about? I don't have very much. The only thing okay. I picked up on, um, I was reading a little bit about the, um, I think it was on Wikipedia, and I was reading about the, um, I was reading about Seven, and I don't know if I knew this before, but I part of the original intent when filming Six and Seven was yeah. for them to be kind of like back-to-back um oh, pieces okay. Okay. sort of like one continuous story but split in two oh, pieces the six and the seven and um i th- so from what i was reading that actually was part of the rift that was caused between cast and rock because their intent was to book out everybody and to have like I don't know, to pay everybody to have all the people sort of Everybody's up on for, board for six and seven, and we're just going to pay everybody for a giant shooting block and just do the whole thing. Yeah, and okay. that was the point where um, 
The Rock was like, no, 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 let's do this normally. Like, let's not double book everything. I got other shit to work on. Mm. Let's break this into two movies. We're not going to film them at the same time. Let's mm. do six. Let's do seven. I got other shit to be working on. Mm. Like, that speaks sort of volumes a little bit to why The Rock is in the beginning and end of this movie only. Uh huh. Right? Uh huh. But mm. the goal, yeah, the goal from uh, Vin Diesel was to make like an, e- yeah, like an epic sort of two-parter, like big story, something that had like a lot that you could I would have loved digest and enjoy. Yeah, but when we think yeah. about like all of this, I mean, I don't think any of that original six-seven combo plan. Um, I mean, yeah, you couldn't have taken into account the fact that Paul got into his accident, so. Even if they were loved, trying to do I that. I would have loved to see that so much. Right, right. That being said, I think this movie's kind of good, and I'm glad I, it is the product that it is, right? Mm-hmm. I am swayed by this movie's emotional tap into Paul Walker dying heavily. I think it's good partly for that reason. Like, I think if Paul Walker hadn't died and... He just like left the series for some, you know what I mean, and they had to do the computer fit for some whatever any other reason. I would have a, would be a lot more critical, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in a way about certain aspects of this movie. But the fact that he died and the fact that it's still as good a product as it is, to me, is pretty astonishing. Like it's an mm-hmm. amazing feat, and my amazement comes through watching the movie. Where a lot of times I'm sitting and I'm watching it, and it's like the dialogue is fucking bad and the you know the action's cool and the stunts are great but like you know it's like choppy and shit and they had to work with stuff but i'm constantly watching it being like that's amazing that they did right. that even right. though he died you know right. what i mean to, like <laughs> to even think like i don't know like what the what, yeah what's the waiting period like you started making this movie and how do you know when like hmm. when to make that call like When's mm. a good time to like have that conversation? Like right away. I think we should still make this movie. Right away. How do we go about doing that? It's right away. It's the end. Damn. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna go too far into it. I mean, the, in in these situations are not comparable. Yeah. But um, we I worked on a show last year where we were filming at a location in like the middle of upstate New York, uh, and it was a big location for us. And we had a lot of we had eight, nine, ten scenes to shoot there. And after the first three scenes that we shot there, the whole fucking place burned to the ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And that was a big problem. You know, just from a production standpoint, it's a big problem when that happens. Uh, Like, we haven't shot out there. We need need to figure out what to do. So what happens is literally the morning after it burned down, like the morning of, everybody went to, like, midday lunch at a diner. Mm-hmm. In upstate, in the bumfuck upstate New York, sat down and said, "Here's, here's how can we figure out how to go forward? Like, what pieces of this can we rewrite to other locations and split mm-hmm. off? What pieces do we s- still absolutely need to shoot, and how can we do that from an art department standpoint? W- when can we do it? What's the rolling process of like?" Because we lost camera equipment, especially a really specific, like, motion-controlled German, like, p- piece of equipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. can we get a new piece of equipment in so we can resume? You know, it's like, it's about, like, right away, sit down, figure it out. Do not, 
do not wait, right? Right. And, and that figuring out maybe like we're putting this on hold for a month while this small team can figure it out, right? Like we were filming and now we're going to stop filming so that a smaller group can get a plan to go forward. But the ultimately like there's to me there's no point at which Everybody in the world stops thinking about this production, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, yeah, I think one of the things we sort of talk about, and I think that one of the things that I learned from you when doing this podcast is that, like, production is a business, you know? And, like, yeah. in the same way that, like, businesses of all shapes and varieties have to, like, plan for, like, what they're going to do with, like, the coronavirus stuff. Like, yeah. it's yeah, there yeah, isn't yeah. there's not a ton of downtime because... Yeah. There's a lot of yeah time and money and really a lot of people sort of relying on the ongoing business. So yeah. if it's a production, like people are sort of ready to make decisions to figure out what to do next. So it sounds like that's, that's something that's true for almost anything that you're doing. Yeah, and and you know it is a given and accepted fact of the film business that downtime exists, right? Mm. Like. There's a phrase called hurry up and wait, which I'm sure is used in other industries, but it's just like you got to wait for somebody else to do their shit before you can do your shit a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But when you do your shit, it's like you got to do it, right? right. <laughs> like right now right. and correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that the next person can work on their stuff. And, and part of the film from a business perspective, part of the film industry from a business perspective, and not there are so many better people to speak on this than me, but I'm the one on this podcast right now, is is minimizing those pieces of downtime, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as an art director, if I have crews standing around while a designer m- tries to make up their mind in the morning, like, like do last-minute changes and make up their mind on a set we're trying to put up on the stage, which is a specific scenario that has happened to me. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I got fucking, you know, I'm paying these guys thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to stand around on a stage while somebody makes a decision, right? And mm-hmm. that's like money out the door. Right. So that downtime, minimizing that is so crucial and difficult. Um, yeah, which is, I assume, why Paul Walker's death was a very expensive proposition yeah, to yeah. deal with, you know? So, you know, not just from the VFX standpoint. Um I'm going to go on to maybe a more lighthearted topic. Uh, sure. Is Han Catholic? Are you saying that based on his funeral? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I mean, we don't have any indication that he was, except for the funeral. Yeah, he didn't go to church. <laughs> I don't right. think. Um he didn't have the cross because Shaw had the cross after Owen Shaw had the cross, right? So the cross goes from <laughs> it goes from Dom or Letty. No, it goes from Letty to Owen Shaw in six. Hmm. Mm-hmm. To Deckard Shaw in the beginning of this movie. To Han when Deckard Shaw leaves it at Han's crash site. Uh-huh. To What's his name? Three Lucas Black uh-huh. who picks it up from from finds it near the crash site to back to Tom. Right. And then to Elena. 
and somewhere in there a tracking device gets installed on it. Right. For right, eight. right. But <laughs> we'll talk maybe, about that. Maybe Tej figured out how to, to integrate his technology and uh, jewelry business. Had to be because in six they don't know where Letty is and she has the cross. Mm-hmm. And if they had a tracking device, they could have just found her. So. Mm-hmm. But I say is Han Catholic because... I, have you been to a lot of funerals? I've been to a life? few. Mm-hmm. I've been to a few funerals. Have you been to Catholic funerals versus no funerals? I don't think I've been to a Catholic funeral. Okay. First of all, there's the open wake thing, which is... Really gross and weird to me. Yeah. I mean, I look. I'm not trying. To, I'm sure there's like people who are Catholic, who and I have a lot. You know what I mean? I've been to a lot of Catholic funerals. I have like an Italian lineage in which a lot of my relatives are Catholic. I've been to a lot of Catholic funeral masses and wakes, and the open casket scares the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> Sorry, to <laughs> be like, real, yeah. To be I've, real, it's yeah. very strange. I haven't been. Is that like a Catholic? So I've definitely been to funerals, but mm-hmm. they were always sort of like Chinese, like, like Asian funerals. And okay, for is those, that different? Is that because that know. is there's Christian? It's Christian though, yeah. I think they're Asian, like Christian. They're definitely okay. Asian Christian funerals. So okay. I like. I for sure have seen dead bodies at the funerals, and that's open weird. casket. It's open weird. casket it, to me, it's weird. It's yeah. a wacky thing because they also look funky. They're like, well, yeah. You ever go dead. to somebody's like, kind of a rich dude's house, and they have like a tuna on the wall, a plasticine <laughs> fish. You no. know what I mean? Like, I remember high school. It is like rich kid's house in fucking Long Meadow, Massachusetts, and in uh-huh. the basement, you had like a pool. T- you had like a room with just like a pool table and one giant plasticine tuna on the wall, uh-huh. right? Like a fish he caught in open water. What? Yeah, and you can like get it dipped or what? I don't know what the taxidermy process is, but uh-huh. you know, it's fucking weird. Do we know anything about kind of like the origin or purpose of like the open casket wake funeral? Mm. What's it supposed to do? I don't understand. I don't know. I know it's like I mean, it, the Catholics do it. That's uh-huh. the only thing I really know about it. Is that like I'm sure other people do it too, right. but the Catholics do it. Uh, and it, you know, the body, the body looks fucking crazy. It's weird. It looks like, it looks fake. It looks fake. It looks fake. It I looks think it looks fake. fake. And the weirdest part is that it's not fake and that yes. that's a real dead person. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes, dude. So A, was the wake for Han open casket? Like, did Han have a, like a weird plasticine body? No. Which probably not because he comes back for nine, right? Like they've True. never seen his, but they can't have ever really seen his body. Oh, yeah. So I do believe that some Catholics make exceptions for disfigurement. Right. So that or, makes sense. Or burning is in the case. Which, maybe in theory, was what Han died of. Mm hmm. Um, but the other part about the funeral, I just. The other thing. I thought about was the only time I've ever gone to the grave site and watched the casket lower. Right. Or been around the casket before it lowered, you know, and they lay the flowers is in a Catholic funeral. Hmm. Like, I've been to a bunch of different denominations, and mostly it's been going to um, 
a mass and then a small family goes to the grave with the thing or just like a, a, some sort of funeral. My grandmother who was Episcopal had just like an Episcopal funeral service. Mm-hmm. And then literally months later, we like took her ashes and buried her ashes in a specific plot. Like us, think, the family did it. Right? I the majority. Now that I think about it, the majority of the funerals I've been to have been open casket. Mm-hmm. You go, you'll have a wake like the day before. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. maybe the same day. The same day, you'll like do it, and then everybody you will just you get in the car and you all put the highlighter sticker on your car and yeah. you drive yeah. to the cemetery. And then you hang out for a little while, put the body in the ground. Uh, see, that's interesting. Well, I actually. Yeah. So, well, if we think about it now, like maybe Han was not Catholic, but it was Dom because he's part of Dom's family, and because we're, we're maybe we're led to believe <laughs> maybe, that maybe. Han didn't have his own family, maybe. right? Right? Dom went to go grab Han's body. Han is family. We're gonna give him a nice Catholic burial. Crosses. You may not know the answer to this, and I'm asking it just out of curiosity. Are Koreans Catholic as a as a as a overall mm. thing? Like when I, I see those buses in Flushing and Woodside and shit, mm-hmm. like the Korean church buses, are they den- a certain denomination I would recognize, or are they like Korean church buses? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Presbyterian. Uh, there's some sort of yeah. There's a tie between. There's a tie between like. Asian Christianity, mm-hmm. Koreans of Christianity, usually not Catholicism, though. Right. That's what I right. thought. I think right. it's like Presbyterian or some, something else. Or it's either, in my mind, my dumb mind, it's either that or it's this a separate, like, the Korean church of, you know, something. Whatever. I don't yeah. know. Um, but that was just on my mind because they're st- all standing at the gravesite. Mm-hmm. You know, with the casket and the roses and shit. Um, no more funerals. No more. Just one more. Just one. <laughs> Just one more. Um, yeah, I mean... Okay, here's another pop point. Actually, do you want to do shout-outs first? And then sure. we'll go... We'll go yeah, I got a shout-out for the week. Let's do it, baby. Yeah. So we have a segment for our new listeners. We have a segment on this pod... The movies have a lot of product placement, and we thought, in just fairness, as basic fairness, we should have some on the pod, too. These are unpaid advertisements for shit we just enjoy using in our everyday life. Or hate. Or uh-huh. people we're into. Or anything, hate. really. Yeah. Yeah, or hate. People we hate. <laughs> hate comes up. Uh, Daryl, what do you want to shout out to this week? Sure. Uh, so I used a new service this week called medley and medley is a prescription delivery service oh. um i have a, so in my youth um i had asthma like somewhat serious asthma it was okay. often um instigated by athletics or mm-hmm. just like stress i would have like asthma attacks at nighttime and stuff and it was yeah. like pretty serious i never really had to go to the hospital or anything but i like always had an inhaler that I was mm-hmm. supposed to carry around with me uh, almost 24 uh, 24 yeah. 7 until I was about 18. Basically, I carried an inhaler with me all the time. Yeah. 
Um, and but since then, like through sports and just like growing up a little bit, like I I didn't really I haven't had regular asthma since about yeah about when I was eighteen. So I haven't carried an inhaler with me. But one of the things about I don't know if within the past couple of years here of living in New York, um, when springtime comes around and allergy season, I usually have like two weeks of like insane allergies, and part of that has been like asthmatic symptoms so okay and i haven't had a trouble breathing kind of stuff trouble breathing usually at nighttime like not corona it's not it's not corona i got no other corona symptoms it's all allergy symptoms and i was i was kind of worried about that too i was like do i have the coronavirus but Mm -hmm. i don't think i do okay anyway um it's 2020 so you can just like get Without having to go to the doctor, you can just, like, ah, get prescription drugs now. I love that. And <laughs> I looked it up, and I, it was through this, through this like, organization called Push Health. Mm-hmm. You were able to, like, fill out a survey, um, do, like, a live chat with a nurse. Mm-hmm. And they'll ask you a couple questions. They're like, do you have symptoms? I was like, yes, here they are. They're like, sounds good. Here's a here's a prescription. I'll send it to your pharmacy. Sick. And I use this like online pharmacy called Medley. Mm-hmm. I think they have like a branch or something in Greenpoint, but they were able to process. I wish it was a little bit faster. I thought it was going to be like a couple days, but it took maybe like five days or so for me from I mean, start to finish. In a week. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, It'll right. Be, I mean, if it's not critical, life saving medicine, that's. Even if it's like subscription, like it's a rolling basis, a week is the first time sucks, but then it's no problem. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, I was able to sort of chat with somebody, get a prescription, and get it delivered to my door in about five days. That's so And good. it was pretty sweet. And I'm just, I'm glad that type of thing exists. I was able to use my insurance for it. And uh, in my research, there are a few other, there are a few other sort of similar pharmacy delivery services, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was. I'm just giving them medley a shout out because I was appreciative. I was appreciative that their service exists and that it does what's intended. I didn't have to go to a doctor. I didn't have to go to Walgreens, and I got the medication I was looking for. So excellent. That's good enough for me. Yeah. This is a real story I'm about to tell you. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. Um. So I played pee wee hockey when I was like 11 years old, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Um, ice hockey and I hated it and all um, the kids would call me like a, a bad slur for like gay people and mm-hmm. like they were just mean kids and I was kind of a soft doughy boy and I didn't I hated it I hated mm-hmm. it I hated it my dad was into it but I hated it very much so a few times I was just like so not having it and so distraught while at pr- hockey practice and I didn't want to be there. I would like sort of fake an, an asthma attack. <laughs> like Ooh. sort of like I start off like a panic attack kind of. But then like they told me to the doctor and I, the doctor sort of made some like leading questions that I could kind of figure out like <laughs> get something wrong. With it. Outsmarting the doctor <laughs> at age 10. This is just like what I remember. I'm not saying uh-huh. I did. This is what, uh-huh. what I remember. Anyway, so they prescribed me like an inhaler for uh-huh. fucking asthma. And so sometimes I'd like be able to stop playing hockey when I didn't want to and like mm-hmm. have to. But also I remember 24-7 they were like, you got to take your inhaler everywhere with you. 
I love that fucking thing. I would suck <laughs> on that motherfucker. I, just, I love the way it tastes. <laughs> like, you know? Like, it just was great. Um, I lost it after a while. I never got another prescription for it because, like, uh-huh. everybody just sort of forgot about it. After I Like, I don't... I didn't have asthma either. It's not like... Yeah. Like, yeah. I forgot about it. And then eventually I quit the hockey team, like, a year later. So... Um, yeah, but that there was like I had a brief flirtation with, with an asthma inhaler when I was a kid, and I I really liked it. I yeah, had a great time. Yeah. I mean, I was a pretty popular guy. There were a few kids in my class that had asthma stuff. One was like yeah. a big like hiker kid. I remember Scott Denny. He would always his whole thing all the time. They would talk about how at whatever young age I don't know like eight. Or whatever yeah. he hiked Mount Whitney. He was like, "Oh yeah, yeah t- uh, tallest mountain peak in North America." I was like, "All right, Scott Denny. He also had <laughs> asthma, so he had asthma. He would take okay. his inhaler all the time. I had asthma. I would take mine all the time. And it was maybe like one other kid who had asthma who also had some sort of like outstanding yeah. feature or something. Yeah. So for some reason, in my elementary middle school, you always had to be like some sort of like." something in order to have asthma that yeah. sort of seemed like it unlocked it was special hot. powers for you it was yeah. fucking hot like yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> like sixth grade people would ask about it like oh like what's that taste like i was like oh you could probably have it and it wouldn't hurt you but you know you don't have asthma <laughs> it's almost like i feel like it's almost like you know people wear like non-prescription glasses I think it's like it's totally fucking like that or at least it was in my mind it was like hot you like take out this like thing like a gun and you're like (laughs) yeah like that's like I had that thing on in my left pocket for so long that my denim jeans would have an inhaler little like marking like wear on my pants yeah exactly that's how asthmatic I was um that's incredible I I want to apologize to you and asthmatic as a non-asthmatic for at one point in my life pretending to sort of be asthmatic. <laughs> I want to yeah, make that formal uh, on this yeah. podcast for the first I'll, time. Yeah, I'll grant you a forgiveness on behalf of asthmatics to fakers like yourself. It's <laughs> it's totally fine. It's the peer pressure. It totally wasn't your fault. It's only you know? it's the peer pressure that got to you, and that's okay. It did. It really got to me. Um, I want to give a shout out this week. Uh, we're down. We're down to level two here in New Zealand, which means like there's recreational activities are back open, and um, lots of cafes and restaurants are open. Although some are seating and some are only doing takeout, and some are only doing drive-through, and it depends on what they want to do, basically. Um, but uh, I went golfing for the first time in a while yesterday, nice. and a I shot fucking well. Just Ooh. FYI. Um, I really felt good about it. Like I, I guess the time off serves me well because I, I, I beat the guy I was playing with who I played golf, a friend of mine, Michael. I played golf with him you know, maybe three or four times since I've been mm-hmm. here, and uh, he's just whooped my ass every time. And I fucking beat him yesterday. Nice. Which I think speaks more to like his having a bad day, but... <laughs> I was hitting them. <laughs> um, so I want to give a shout out to Chamberlain Golf Course because, like, they're open, they're public, they're cheap, they're. Uh, it's a fucking great hobby. I like. Mm-hmm. I, I know I sound eighty years old, but uh, you know, like, it's a blast. It's like yeah. just hanging out with a bud. 
whacking a couple of balls, getting frustrated, feeling great, mm-hmm. nothing better. So I've never shot. I've never shot like a full golf game before. I went mm-hmm. to a driving range like maybe once or twice, and I was terrible at it. But yeah. if you're speaking to somebody who's sort of never played golf before, what are some of the key, um, the key pieces of sort of getting your head into the golf game and yeah. sort of, yeah, playing a nice. A nice game. Well, with all athletics, <laughs> as an athlete myself, <laughs> as a former asthmatic athlete myself, yes, yes, who's had to overcome a lot of fake asthma in his life, <laughs> I, I, I would say, I would say, like the key is always a short memory, right? Like, get you hit something and it doesn't go well, and then you just hit the next ball and don't pay attention to what happened before. You just like mm-hmm. play the ball where it lies. But, you know, I'm not a golf expert. What I will right. say is the driving range is so much fundamentally different experience than playing a course through. Mm-hmm. Um, and the experience of driving from uh, the blocks and all the way, you know, and then hitting it off the rough and then hitting it, you know, wherever, uh, onto the green and then sinking a putt. Like that whole line of things happening and then that ball dropping in feels unbelievable even if it took you 19 <laughs> shots to get there it's right. like hell fucking yes it's in the hole like it feels okay. so amazing okay okay so you know? all right so yeah short memory sort of uh yeah for, forget your previous mistakes focus mm-hmm. on what's ahead of you yeah um when you go home after a day of golf sort of what is the type of thing that will keep you up at night if anything, like mm. about the golf, about the golf experience. Mm, that's that's a great question. That's a great question. You can my. I mean, I've had time because it's a very twisty sport. My back hurts sometimes, so that actually <laughs> keeps happening a little bit. Um, I know. Again, I sound eighty years old, <laughs> but it does. It does. Uh-huh. Us, back hips. I'm sure somebody out there who is a golfer would be like, "If your back's hurting, you're not doing this right." But you know, probably I don't give a shit. Um, I'll ha- I'll rethink. Like I'll have I had two very good holes in a row, and then I had one hole that was just like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll like rethink all that stuff. I'll think about grip. I'll think about yeah, grip is big for me. And then it's just nerves. Like you do these practice swings, like two practice swings, and then you like line up to the ball. And there's this weird thing in your head where you're just like, this is the one I'm hitting it on. Yep. But no matter what happens, this is the one. <laughs> Got to swing through. Got to swing through. Yeah. So you just try to make that one the best you can. And uh, uh, I'd say if you have a public course, like, fuck these private courses. You can get – I play with shit-ass clubs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I play with clubs from the 80s, and uh, they're heavy as shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And but I love them, you know. And if you have a public course, get a set of clubs off Craigslist or whatever for twenty bucks. Go out and whack a couple balls around, and the experience of getting in in that hole will be the same, whether mm-hmm. you're acing it or blowing it. You know, I'm down. I should I should at some point sort of play a yeah play around full game and go yeah full round yeah yeah we should play come here we'll play together man yeah we fucking chill. I'm yeah. down. I think that'd I'll be a lot of fun. It's it is tons of it's one of the best hobby sports, in my opinion. And it only right. takes three or four outings to get 
to a point where you're like, I'm, I'm, I can basically like have fun doing this rather uh-huh. than like be frustrated the whole time. Right. Right. So, um, do you want to get back to this movie? Yeah. What else you got on set in here? Oh, I got some stuff. Hell Maybe. Yeah. I think they need to remind us that Letty left and needed some space because she disappears after Race Wars and then she comes back at the warehouse and it's it's meant to be this moment that's like she showed up at the last minute and she's here to like be with the family and save the day and like mm-hmm. make that commitment. But I just forgot about her. <laughs> like there's so many people and there's the funeral shit and there's the... Deckard Shaw shit I'm paying attention to and there's just so much and then Mr. Nobody comes and I'm paying attention to Mr. Nobody for a long time yeah and Ramsey and all this other crap is going on that I like forgot Letty is having this internal struggle where she's not there right mm-hmm. I don't know if that hits in the same way as for you uh, I mean when I think about that when I think about sort of what it takes to be Letty and to come to the point where you know that you need space and uh, have to break that news to Dom, that's sort of difficult in itself. Yeah. I would almost be upset. I imagine that like, she showed up because Mr. Nobody tracked her down, invaded her to space, and like dropped her a memo that was like, hey, we're doing this thing. The family needs you. And... Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to place myself in Letty's shoes. Like, don't don't interrupt me when I'm like trying to do my own thing. But if it's important enough, I guess I'll be there. And I think right. that's what that moment was supposed to be. It's like right. they set it up such that like this is big, and this is you know, if you're ready for it, it's time. Yeah, yeah, it's time. And and this is part of being in this is that even when it's not time, you know, you got to be ready for it. Basically, right. you know. Ready to ride. Uh, ride or die. Yeah, ride or die. That's it. Ride or die. Either ride with me or, you know, you're dead. I'm going to (laughs) die. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. And then, you know, this was a backwards watch point that I'm going to bring up as my last thing. But, like, the elevator scene in Abu Dhabi where Letty and Dom get in an elevator together alone. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, you look beautiful in that dress. You look so handsome. Uh, yeah, I feel so. I feel so awkward. I feel. Uh, you know, but what he does say is like, I'm loving this moment. Mm-hmm. And this is his quarter mile speech in this in this movie, which we sort of talked about, like the internal moments where you reveal their like innermost character. But but it's such a call to the first movie because he's like, I'm. We, our lives have gotten so big. We're fighting submarines. We're driving tanks. We're, mm-hmm. we're computer programming wrecking balls and mm-hmm. shit. We're doing all that, and our lives are so big that it's hard for me to remember that life is about moments, and especially moments with the person you love. And so he has this really nice moment with her in the elevator. who's like, for the next quarter mile that we're going to go vertically in this building. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? Uh, it's you and me. Uh, it's whatever you and me. Whatever happens in this Whatever happens, mile, happens, happens. Right? It's for us. It's that's forever. It. That's it. 
I wow. love that. You know, he's really he's changed the direction. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone from a I horizontal really like quarter mile to like a, ver- <laughs> a vertical quarter mile in the elevator. <laughs> That's ridiculous uh, and very beautiful at the same time, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's these movies, right? These movies are just like real ridiculous, but it's really beautiful at the same, right? at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Wow. I feel it too, man. I can't, I don't think I can top that either <laughs> figuratively or in a literal <laughs> elevator sense this week. Yeah. I think we should maybe can the tuna there. Yeah. Uh, yeah? Okay. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. a great place. Beautiful. Listen, if you want a great place to go to be get in touch with us, you can go to Twitter. At Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we have an Instagram, I believe. Yes, Daryl? We do. At No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. Uh, and that is also we're no one likes doing podcasts on Facebook still, sort of. Um, I think we'll get a notification if you get in touch with us there. Is that true? But we're not really active there. Yeah, we might get a notification. Daryl, we've turned we're off notifications not- for Facebook, and so I have notifications on. I just—it's hard for me to tell what they are. God, because I don't normally look at them. Everybody, take that what you will. So <laughs> then. Um, uh, what's the next thing? Fuck. Patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. We have a couple cool things there. We're doing an exclusive Resident Evil podcast this year on the Patreon. And, uh, yeah, throw us a buck. We don't really have tiers where, like, have a, you can throw us one to four bucks. And if you want to throw in more, I guess, great. But, or if you want, you know, whatever. That's where we're at. And you get everything. Um,. And what else? Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. Rate and review. That's all I got. You that's good? It. Yeah, that's I'm it good, for me. man. All yeah. right, man. Don't Keep listen it real. to the. We'll talk next week. <laughs> Beautiful, baby. <laughs> Keep riding that quarter mile elevator. At a time. <laughs> quarter mile. Quarter, vertical quarter mile. Vertical quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs>